It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Hello, welcome to an Everything is Black and White podcast post-match reaction here from St. James's Park. I'm Sean McCormick and joined for the first half of this podcast by Newcastle United writer Kieran Kelly. Um, Newcastle drew nil with Brighton in, in truth. Very little positives to take from that this way this afternoon. Yeah, I was one of those where you think a point was almost a result in the end given the performance and particularly the start. I think we were all a bit worried just within a few minutes how the game kind of settled into a Brighton dominating the ball and Newcastle playing so deep and I know that works against Tottenham and you know did in spells against Liverpool that Newcastle did carry throughout the counter but it, it was worrying really I think Brighton are you know they haven't won a league game since the opening day and Newcastle almost getting so much respect almost thinking that if they're set up well and just let Brighton have the ball for the sake of it. That well, what harm could it do? But it, it, it was already a, a a strange atmosphere with the crowd being down again, and Newcastle really had to start the game well, and they didn't, and it just fed off that. It was really nervy, intense for for majority of the game, in my opinion, and I think it it comes back to that issue that yeah, the Spurs game was fantastic, but that's almost a memory now and it's looking at how you play against Norwich you play against Watford and you play against Brighton and you have to beat those teams eventually one way or the other and they've had two those teams at home now they've got two points so they didn't lose to them but you're going to have to turn them into wins eventually because the lottery is the Chelsea's the Man U's and even the Leicester's now which happen to be their next three games I suppose the worrying thing then, Kieran, as you just touched on there, was is the fact that Newcastle don't seem as if they're able to break down the teams around them. Mm-hmm. So today they only had twenty nine percent possession against Brighton, which you know is a grim statistic. And at times, I think I tweeted out that it, at times it felt like you were watching a lower league side play against a Premier League team because they just couldn't keep the ball against them. But that was to be expected to a degree because Brighton keep the ball very well. Yeah. But it just every time when Newcastle did have the ball, they didn't seem to know how to penetrate Brighton. They didn't seem to know what they should be doing. They feel it looks like they want a clear identity against the good teams. Yeah. But the lesser teams that are around them, they still really know. Seem they still don't really seem to know what they're meant to be doing. That's it. Yeah, that's it exactly. And I think to be fair, if the shape um, had been that they were looking comfortable and containing Brighton I think and you could see that there was a threat on the counter which is kind of what I thought would be the case before this game that Newcastle would set up to counter and get some joy there but when you know the midfield is getting bypassed all the time Shelby struggled today um, though he's played with an injury recently but that was a tough game for him in the midfield too you saw them shift to a three-man midfield. Willem's going in there after half hour. Bruce isn't one usually for shifting systems mid-game. That's kind of... It was both encouraging to see him do that, but also kind of showed you how much that first hour, half hour was a write-off. Um, and then, yeah, as you said, on the counter, they, they just didn't have the slickness they did at times in some of the other games. Admittedly, though, you know, if Amiron has that one-on-one, again, like at Watford... 
he misses, he really should score. Joel Linton had a really good header that could have gone in as well. So they probably they had two huge opportunities, bizarrely, despite such a poor performance at half time where they're booed off that they could have gone ahead and similar to Norwich, they had the chance to break the deadlock there against Watford. Obviously Almiron had a couple of chances. They are having these chances and not taking them. So for me, that's the worry as much as the setup and how defensively and, and how easily the midfield is bypassed today. It's a combination of things and as you were saying, just very little positive to take other than they didn't lose. Yeah. I mean what Steve Bruce said in his post match quotes there that you know, Newcastle are lacking that cut or cutting edge. They are still creating chances. As, as, as grim as today was, as you said there, Kieran had two yeah. very good opportunities and on the day they win the game. Yeah. Um but again, again even he admitted there that he he kind of had this idea of how he wanted Newcastle to play, but he didn't want to change things too much from Rafa Benitez and he kind of he kind of insinuated in as many words that he understands now why Benitez played the way he mm. played with this Newcastle team because yeah. Quite clearly, there are limitations in possession and going forward. Yeah, no, I think that's that's fair common. Um, you know, you you look at the as we touched on with Shelby. Shelby is someone you kind of look to in a game like this to to be that you know presence to figure out a way past the the opposition and to to set things up and be that playmaker. And it was a really tough game for him. Um, you're just looking around the team and you're you're thinking they a lot of the personnel are set up to play a certain way and um it's not really to fault of their own, you know, but they just lack that kind of someone who could seize the game by the scruff of the neck and you were looking at it, it was only really when he turned to the bench that you kind of got that urgency. So Maximum yeah. came on, he was energetic, he gave them a lot of composure in the middle of the park that they lacked and of course Carol being Carol just a presence and the fans really fed off that and that was something that gave them something to shout about which they didn't have much to do today so it raises a lot of questions and you know you're already thinking are they going to go back to the drawing board again is he going to think you know is three at the back now the way forward or is he going to stick with four yeah it throws up more questions that probably we were expecting after this game I don't think we thought it was going to be routine by any means but as I said these are the games that they're ultimately going to be judged on this season and I know Bruce was keen to play down the kind of cup final comments he previously made but you know his own captain Lascelles came out and said that you know this was an opportunity to get three points and it just puts almost a little bit of pressure on them to somehow get you know a point three points out of the next three games which you know is is a tough ask you know Leicester flying um, Manchester United being Manchester United you don't know what you're always going to get but obviously got a lot of firepower and then you got Chelsea away again you don't know what you're going to get there but Newcastle the best record there so um, yeah you, I think it's just these kind of games I think we're going to see a lot this season I think it's 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 kind of set the tone for what to expect this season it's not going to be easy is it? Not at all isn't it? You know the, the, the cup final comments you say Steve was trying to play them down but he made them <laughs> yeah. um, but to me that performance there was a team who are coming out and saying these things that it is a cup final we're, we're, we're bang up for it we realise this is the game that these are the games that we have to win yeah. looking at the next few fixtures but the performance didn't match those words at all no no I, I thought it was similar against Watford you know the, you could feel that they all felt that to build on that Spurs performance and they just 
didn't really get going and um, I think in the Premier League naturally players raise their game for you know going to Anfield or going to Spurs but when you're playing at home um, those games are just as if not more important because you can hurt a rival and you can get a win at home and they're still searching for that first home win and you know home form is, is going to be crucial yeah you can compare it to last season in that you know they're they're a few points better off aren't they it took them a long time to get that first win but I don't think they're going to finish the season as strongly as they did last season that was pretty incredible their form towards the end of last season and I don't think you can bank on that this season so they really need just to get as much on the board before Christmas because I know it means nothing at the moment if you're in 16th place or 18th place right now but I think given the backdrop of everything, the fan unrest, the uncertainty going into this summer and, and beyond, they they just needed a few routine wins, I think, to to take them over. So to get those wins, I suppose <laughs> the positives that we can focus on, and you are clutching at straws a bit after that, but Sam Maximan and Carroll came on, both being injured for a while, both looked bright, both added something, but I suppose you know the need is for Newcastle to have those players fully fit and possibly even starting. Yeah. But it still seems a while away. I mean, there's already talk that Sam Maximilian's feeling his hamstring after his little cameo today. Yeah. That's a worry in itself. But I mean, how important are those two going to be for Newcastle going up, going forward? Yeah, I think it's massive. I think you know we've seen the bench has made a difference before with Atsu coming on against Spurs, but in terms of really, you know, when the chips have been down. Um, you know Norwich Liverpool to a degree um, they haven't really had anyone in reserve so at least when he looked at the bench you know all three of them I thought did well in their own ways um, and so Maximum I think eventually he's going to get to a point where he's a starter we all know that it's just building up his match fitness and I think they have to be so so careful with that because yeah. if he's if he's uh, sidelined again you know you're getting to back to square one and, and building him up again so I think he is someone who can who can change the dynamic of that team but again he can't do it on his own and same with Carroll I think to that was his first game since February and to expect him to come on and score is, is <laughs> insane you know um, but you know you get to a point where you have those two as viable options yeah it helps them but I think there are so many issues almost beyond that at the moment that they, they have to address. I suppose that, you know, this is the first game I can remember since possibly the start of the season when Sam Maximan come on that game that yeah. as you say they've looked to the bench and there's options who can make a difference, but those options actually did make a difference. I know it didn't make a difference to the scoreline, but Newcastle's best spell of the game was the last ten minutes and that was a direct result of those players coming on. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And that's what you want from the bench and um think it, it bodes well going forward because you know you could get to a point if with a fully fit squad that you could have a bench of Willems, Shelby, some Maximum, Carroll and Gale and that's a oh, lot of options. Um, I think it's a long way away from having a bench like that but you know in this squad when it's fully fit like every Premier League squad to be fair there is a bit of quality there um, in reserve to at least try and offer something different so yeah once they get to that point that's only going to help but I don't think managers ever want to go into a game relying on the bench. They put out from the start their plan and that's the key going forward for Bruce at home in particular that against Watford they had a poor start, against Brighton they had a poor start, didn't go behind but they just didn't kind of seize the game and that was the big thing from today. 
just a final one from you and Kieran just to quickly touch on it another little crowd the people who were here weren't happy no. just, justifiably so booed off at half time booed off at full time Steve Bruce took that on the chin and realised the performance wasn't anywhere near good enough it's concerning though isn't it because the, the, as, as, the, as the wait goes on for that home win the crowds continue to dwindle at the same time and yeah. it's becoming apathetic I suppose the atmosphere inside the stadium yeah, I mean, I don't think anyone would argue with the reaction. You know, they pay a lot of money, as we all know, to, to come here. And uh, it's not been the easiest time for them. Um, and like I said, those those sports who chose not to go, I think you have to respect that. I can't think of anything more saddened, really, that you, you get to a point where you, you feel you can't go along to, to support the club you've supported for so many years. And I think Bruce has maybe seen it as a slight on him when I think the fans have, have naturally been more upset with the regime and the ambition of the yeah. regime. I think Bruce has seen it more. All I can do is win games and he knows that. Um, and that, that's the simple key going forward is just winning those games. We hope you've enjoyed this episode so far. Just a quick reminder to please subscribe and review to our podcast through iTunes, Spotify or whichever podcast provider you listen through. I'm now joined by Lee Ryder for the second segment of our podcast here at St James's Park. Lee, you, you, you've had a couple hours now to stew on it, your reflections on today's game. Well, I mean, if you look at that first half where Brighton, you know, they just completely dominated, um, created so many chances and but for better finishing, the game could have actually been out of reach before half-time and that is quite staggering when you think, you know, it's against Brighton and all Albion. But that's that's the way the Premier League is these days, and that's the position Newcastle have put themselves in by, you know, not spending, um, you know, the big amounts. Uh, you're gonna get actually dominated in your own backyard by by teams like that. So, as you say, a couple of hours to reflect on it. It's still not a great feeling, but the only the only positive I can sort of clutch to at the minute is is that it could have been worse, and at least they've got something out of it. They've got a point. Um, they've got a clean sheet. There's something to build on here, but you know the games don't get any easier uh, before the next international break, and that's you know two home games now where it's been for me four points dropped. So the position in the table uh, is looking a little bit uh, worrying, but you know at least they've got, as I say, some points on the board, um, and it does feel as if this season is going to be counting down towards that safety tool, whatever it may be, 35 points, 38 points, whatever it may be, uh, it, it just feels like it's going to be a countdown to that. I'll just touch on, you You mentioned there that this is a re- result of Newcastle not spending the money, which is obviously absolutely right. Um, fans booed, the fans inside the stadium, obviously the, the, the crowd dwindled again today, it got even lower, but the fans inside the stadium who were here booed the players off the first half, booed the team on the full time as well. Is it fair to say that you know obviously the most of their frustration is at the ownership and you know twelve years of mediocrity under Mike Ashley? But you know do the do the players and the staff need to take a share of blame of that day because that wasn't the, the best performance at all, even though they've got a nil nil draw from it. Well, I mean it's you know it, it goes in cycles at, at football clubs and yeah. um, it it has actually been worse than this. The like all the fans like me will remember. Like days in the second division where you you you're getting turned over by crap teams basically, yeah, yeah. and you know Brighton are far from that. So 
I try to keep it in, in some kind of context. It's it's certainly a far cry from the entertainers years and Bobby Robson and you know going into Europe and excitement that way and even the Alan Pardew era when he got them to the Europa League. Um it's it's far far from that. Um so it's it's gonna be a, a slow build. It, but it's but Steve Bruce he he said it when he came in, it's a results driven business and he knew he needed wins and he needed to win games like this and um yeah you could see how disappointed he was um but what he also said was you're only as good as your goal scorers and Newcastle had chances today yeah yeah on you know hit the goalkeeper's body uh Joe Linton couldn't quite get get a shot off sent a header wide in the first half one of those chances goes in and then suddenly you've got something to clutch onto and Sadly, Newcastle uh, weren't able to, to convert and then, then that might have made a difference. The big man coming on, Andy Carroll, last sort of 10 minutes, it certainly made it interesting. It was exciting towards the end. You, you just wondered if something could drop. Could he get on the end of something? Um, he caused enough panic uh, to give you some hope that going forward, if he can stay fit, that you know he is going to be a big asset. Um, but we'll, we'll, we'll see how that sort of pans out. It's, it's going to be a long, hard season. But there are, you know, we're walking away from the stadium tonight and there are some small things to, to clutch onto. But, you know, at the minute, it, it just feels so disappointing. I mean, alarmingly, the possession stats were, were, were brutal, to be honest. The 29% the ball Newcastle had at the end of the game. Um, it feels like, you know, you, 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 I think it's fair to say Newcastle have approached this game. Um, expecting to be playing on the counter attack, Brighton enjoy a lot of the ball. Um, regardless if it's a team alongside them in the division, you know Brighton are good with the ball. They've got this new identity under Green Park where they have a lot of possession. But again, under Rafa Benitez, you kind of felt like you accepted the way Newcastle played, and they always played that way, and they had an identity. Whereas today with with Newcastle, you didn't know whether they were going to be on the front foot, whether they were going to be on the counter attack. They started off with three at the back, went before the back. It just seemed a bit confused at times and do you feel like Steve Bruce even now in September coming towards October is still struggling to find the best system that A suits his beliefs and B suits his players I mean today maybe as a one-off I think that I think everyone in the ground was bamboozled by the yeah. way Brighton were playing 3-4-3 Newcastle couldn't seem to expose them on, on the counter and also couldn't just couldn't seem to get the ball out. It was it was frightening at times, but but then again, Brighton couldn't you know finish in the yeah. final third themselves. So it's it was a strange game in many ways. What is Newcastle's best formation? Steve Bruce has yet to find out. He's you know he went to Tottenham and and played in a certain way where he managed to you know have some quality on the counter attack. That today. You look at the situation, as I say, those those couple of chances where there were good chances but they just couldn't convert, but also they were struggling at the other end and you know, I spoke to one of the players in the interview area just then and very harsh words indeed about the performance. Um that'll be one to read in the next uh, day or so. It was he was it told me in no uncertain terms that the performance wasn't wasn't up to scratch, which in a way, that's a good thing to hear that that he's come out and said that. So, 
again talking Andy Carroll out there. First time I spoke to him for in an interview situation uh, as a Newcastle player and for a long time. And basically Andy Carroll, you know, you know, feeling, you know, he came on towards the end of the game when it was a bit more positive and he was just itching to get on. Uh, he's hoping to when he gets a few more minutes under his belt that he, he can still deliver. So that I'd say there is. Some positives to, to clutch to, but it's it's what as you say, what formation is is he gonna go in? He's he's tried three or four different ones now, yeah. um, and it it's hard it's hard to see. Does he just keep it simple and play more direct with Andy Carroll when he's fit, or does he try and you know play more like Rafa on the counter when he's got the pace of Sim Maxman? We'll have to wait and see. But at the minute, there seems to be more questions than answers. I mean, in Zebra's defence, he's never had a fit squad, but I suppose no Premier League manager will. But you know, it has been pretty unprecedented the amount of injuries he had to deal with so far. But I was saying this to Kieran before. It felt, it feels, it felt like today for the first time since the first game of the season, you could actually look at the bench and think there's options here who can actually make a difference. And yes, the scoreline didn't change as a result, but Newcastle's best spell in the game was the last ten minutes, and Carol San Maximan made a big impact, but Key made a good impact as well. All three of them kind of yeah. changed the game in Newcastle's favour in those last 10 minutes and how important do you think that that's going to be for Steve Bruce going forward having a bench he can actually rely on now to change things in the attacking sense because he hasn't had that luxury so far no exactly he's been <coughs> she's been sort of going round in circles hasn't it really yeah. it's like you know trying with Joe Linton who's still finding his feet at the club um, Almiro missing chances then they've been throwing Muto on and he hasn't really had any impact at yeah. all has he so um, it, he's been going around in circles now. the The mood of the stadium changed when Andy Carroll came on. Yeah. Um, and the the whole body language of the Brighton defence changed. They, they were. I mean, they weren't petrified, but they were certainly worried. And you saw he should be. You know, a huge frame of a man like that, throwing defenders around. I mean, even sprinting back and winning headers at the other end. He's he's gonna if he's fit. He's gonna make a big difference to this team. Um, you know, wasn't that long ago when you know teams like Tottenham and Chelsea were trying to sign a fit Andy Carroll because they know that he can he can play a certain way and they've got a different option. So let's not get too downhearted. It isn't the best result today. We've been here before, but at least they've emerged with something. It's one more point than they got out of this fixture last year. I know people will, in the heat of a Saturday night, will will hammer. Uh, anybody trying to be positive about it, but I, I think when the dust settles, it's one point's better than, than none. Yeah. Even so, Alex Ferguson used to say that in, back in the day. So they, they move on from this, they've got something in the bank. Uh, Leicester's going to be tough, but Man United back here, Andy Carroll fit. You know, it, it, they're going to compete, and that, that, that's the best way of looking at it at, at the moment. I think what was striking as well is when Carroll came on, Newcastle's whole dynamic changed and they were looking to get balls in the box and Sam Maximan was a lot more direct as a natural winger going out wide, beating his full-back, getting across in, which is something I'd do and on for all their good work don't necessarily do too much of. And I suppose that was refreshing to see Newcastle doing that because it, 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 you know, there, were, there was very few scraps of Carroll to feed on, but we looked more dangerous doing that. And I suppose it's kind of the, the service Joe Linton yeah. is craved as well so that could be where Sam Maximan makes a huge difference yeah exactly and I mean Joe Linton today um, didn't have as, as great a game as he did against Liverpool I mean, it wasn't great against Liverpool but I think he won about 8 or 9 aerial yeah. balls he held the ball up a little bit better 
the day things didn't quite drop for him. Uh, maybe you know the the missed header. Uh, things kind of spiralled from there. But I think they've definitely got options just in case of everything gelling together. And it is a long season. Um, there's, there's chances for for that to to happen. Um, but overall, I think you know today they'll move on from this and they're back in training tomorrow so they're straight back at it and uh, they'll go from there and ju- just finally then looking ahead to that Leicester game do you expect yeah. do you expect changes then because they say the performance wasn't up to scratch today there's a few individuals who didn't really cover themselves in glory you've got those players coming back in now I suppose the, the challenge for Steve Bruce now is assessing how you manage those players coming back from injury and how many minutes they get against the the need to kind of change things because they're not winning games at the end of the day. Yeah, I mean that's it. I mean he's, I mean Leicester, for example, you must wonder what exactly, where he goes with this. Does he try and stick with the same sort of formula he had at Tottenham and at Liverpool for half an hour, which worked relatively well because we're one 0 up. Um, I th- I think they've. The, the probably the take home message for them tonight is they they can't get too you know carried away with the with the laws sort of thing and they've got to you know build on this. Leicester's been a happy hunting ground for them um, last couple of years, but they beat Tottenham a day, so they're a, they're a decent side. Um, how many changes will he make? Well, I suppose he'll, he'll have another roll call and train this week, yeah. um, and. It's probably, it might again boil down to how long Andy Carroll can play. Maybe he can play half an hour at Leicester. If they keep it tight for, for an hour, then it could change the game dramatically if, if he comes on again. So it's a, it's a big challenge for Steve Bruce ahead. Um, but I think he knew that when he when he signed up. He could have had a qu- quieter life at Sheffield Wednesday, but he's come here and, um, and he's seen, I think he's digging deep and he's seen how, how deep some of the, the problems really are this club. So I'm now joined for the third part of this uh, reaction podcast to the Brighton draw by Mark Douglas. We're bringing you all three big hitters tonight. Don't say we're going to treat you. Um, Mark, you've had a couple of hours to reflect on that. How are you? How would you assess today? Just troubling. Um, just generally continuing the, the theme of this this season in terms of the home games in the you know, the club feels diminished by what happened in the summer. Um, and today, you know, the last 10 minutes were good fun. Last 15 minutes were good fun. Andy Carroll coming on and Alan some maximum. And you sort of saw a glimpse there of something that, that might be a little bit more more encouraging. Um, but you can't wipe the feeling of the first 60 minutes, I think, or the first 45 in particular, which was amongst the worst halves of football that I've seen from Newcastle. And if it had been a better team today, they'd have been dead and buried so um, yeah a lot of questions and, 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 and my worry is that you know I think we can kind of throw out the window any idea of progress this season it is a battle to get to 40 points as soon as possible that's that that top bottom of it is if they stay up this season it's been a, a, an achievement um, which is depressing itself at the end of September um, but I think the other thing that worries me that worries me at the moment is that I think this club is is heading. You know, it has big problems that that I'm not sure the people in charge quite realise at the moment. They lost today. I mean, was I don't know whether there was forty three thousand six hundred thirteen in the in the stadium today. That was the official attendance. 
um, but it didn't feel like that. It felt like a few less. But even if that, there was that many people in, that's 7,000 less people than were at the equivalent game this time last year when they'd lost, they hadn't won for like 10 games. They've lost 7,000 fans in one summer. And I don't see a lot of kind of initiatives to kind of try and get them back. Um, so, you know, it feels to me that that's a big worry. That is a massive worry because if this club hasn't got big crowds, if it hasn't got its people on side, what has it got? This is this is this is seriously worrying now, and you know we've had it in the past where protests have kind of died out, and there's been a lot of like really loud noises made, and then people haven't been able to quite back that up. But this is people, you know, I think it, it, it's it's having an impact already. You can tell it's having an impact, um, and if the people at the top are not listening. That this is the most that this could potentially be the most damage that's done that's been done to this club more damaging than relegation because, you know they've bounced back from the two relegations, but there's something deeply troubling about that for me that they've lost seven thousand fans in one year, um, like massively massively worrying to me that. I suppose just touching on that then the the problem has been as well is that it's getting worse game on game as well, and. There's nothing happening on the pitch that's going to encourage mm. people to come back. The problems off the pitch are well documented, but as Steve Bruce continues to search for that first home win, as the season continues to get tougher and tougher and the players are looking for that 12th man, it's not going to be there because you know the club aren't yeah. there to do anything to address it and the crowd numbers are getting worse and the people who are coming to the game are getting more and more frustrated with what they're seeing. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I actually thought the atmosphere today was better than Watford and even, you know, better than Arsenal at Spells as well. You know, Carroll definitely lifted the crowd and there's, there's a massive amount of goodwill towards Andy Carroll, which is which is really nice to see. And it was kind of, you know, that 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 gave you this idea of why actually, wow, you know, some positivity might, might feel like at, at the club. But, it's like you said, you know, that I think it won't be as bad next time because it's Manchester United, yeah. so obviously they'll bring a lot more fans. Um, and I think there'll probably be a few more decide to come as well because it's Manchester United and, you know, people always turn up for the bigger games. But, and I understand why Steve Bruce is saying this because he, he can't really win whatever he says about the crowds, but he's saying, you know, we just need to win games and then people will come back. But, like you said, A, they don't look like they're going to win too many home games at the moment. But B, I'm not sure it is that. I'm not. I'm really not sure it is that. I think, you know, I I had a bit of a, you know, I, I, people kind of had a bit of a pop at me the other week because I said it was it felt like apathy at the at the club and they were saying it's not apathy, it's anger, and the anger is being reflected in people not deciding, making making a conscious decision not to come to the match anymore, um, and it's seven thousand at the moment, but it could get more, and, you know, it, it's, it's it's a worry because. What you're seeing on the pitch is it feels like a mess, you know. I, I was worried today that, you know, and I know look, it was better that he addressed it than he didn't. The fact that they were doing so badly, but two different formations in the first half. Jetra Williams played three different positions during the match, I think, um, as far as I know. John Joe Shelby at one point is protecting the back four, playing a deep line midfield role. I mean, didn't look, you know, John Linton totally isolated at times. In that first half, you know they work all week on a shape and formation. Um, Graham Potter's a relatively new, well, he's a new Premier League manager, and he set up and just totally killed Newcastle in that first half. And if they'd have 
finish better. You know, Steve Bruce is the experienced manager. That's why he's here. Um, he's meant to be the man to kind of like to be a steady hand. But that first half, he he, he got it totally wrong. Um, the players, I mean, Isaac Hayden came over and said it's not working. You know, fair play. It's good for the players to have that kind of voice and stuff. But I wonder how long in that dressing room that people are going to be happy to kind of go along with it if they feel like that's two home games out of three where, you know, there's been times where it just felt like frayed and a mess and they need to get that sorted out but the big question is whether the whether they have the manager who can do that you know and he, he's done okay so far but there's some worrying signs and that's what I mean when I say there are bigger things that I don't think the club quite understand the, the size of the problems yeah. I think that they thought they could get through it sign a couple of players we'll win a few games We'll get people on side again, but I think there was something. I think there's something more profound happening at Newcastle United at the moment. Um, you know, it's it's not it's not great, and and you know we heard at the start of the season, well, Lee Charney will be more active and visible. You know, we heard Mike Ashley saying that he was infused by Steve Bruce and everything. He's not been in one game this season. To be honest, I don't particularly want him to come to the games because it's a distraction, yeah. but. If he is enthused and he wants to be involved again, and we were always told that was what he wanted, where is he? Why, you know, who's like what's what's changed? Like nothing, really nothing. In fact, all that's changed is there's no Rafa Benitez. There's seven thousand less people here. So, um, you know, on to the next one. You know, they they they, they it yeah. You know, it's only six games in. They're out. They're they're doing better than they do they were doing last season. So Maximum and Carroll would give you a bit of bit more hope and there's other players that come back so you know that's the hope um, but they can't be complacent because today was worrying in long spells um, but uh, you know we, we kind of knew that didn't we we've known it since the start of the season we knew it's the moment Rafa walked out it was going to be a struggle this season and um, it's proving that way the worrying thing with that is, is it's now late September you're six games into the season Steve Bruce by his own admission still doesn't really know what his best team is, what his best formation is for this team. He started off with a plan that there going to be a lot more kind of on the front foot. That didn't work because so he reverted to about what, what a similar system to what Rafa has played that worked against the big teams, but it doesn't seem to be translating success against the teams around them. And is this kind of a, a, a byproduct, do you think, that it took Newcastle so long to get Steve Bruce in, they didn't have a contingency plan for Rafa Benitez's departure, and now six games and they're still playing catch up. Mm. I mean, this is a new manager who has come in and he's just had one summer to work with these players, but they've bought into his system. They're playing a completely different style of play than what they're playing with Chris Hutton, but it's worked and they're completely comfortable with it now. Mm. And that seems to mean the difference is that Newcastle are still playing catch up and still Steve Bruce now, two months into the season, still doesn't know what his best team is. Yeah, it's totally um, the the terrible summer that they had, and and we said at the time it was an awful awful summer, um, is 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 having an impact on the season because you look at the teams that are doing well this season so far. The teams that are surprised, obviously the teams at the top who were doing well, we knew they were going to do well. But the teams that are kind of putting results together, your Bournemouths, uh, Burnley, Sheffield United, um, those sides, they they all have a clear identity. They know how they're playing. They might not be the most beautiful team to watch, Burnley, for example, but you know how they play. They they've known a long time how to play. They've not got better players than Newcastle United. 
Um, they haven't. You know, man for man, Newcastle have a better squad probably than Burnley, but they have more of an idea of play. Um, and and yeah, it comes back to the, the whole. Like I totally agree with you that, I mean, they appointed him far too late. You know, they 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 messed around for too long. Um, it took them three weeks didn't after Rafa left. Now they must, you know. What happened with Rafa, like, I don't know, because now you look back at it and think, well, he was never going to stay. So, and, and he, and there's all that kind of feeling of, like, what the heck happened there? But they didn't, they told you know, they didn't have an idea, really. they didn't know who they were going to get straight away because they tried Arteta, who was one kind of manager, and then they went totally the other way to Bruce, um, who, let's be honest, is probably just, they just thought he's a steady hand and he'll accept. We've done all the we've done all the legwork on on players and transfers and things, and, and he'll just accept what he what he gets. So you know that 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 was for me a big mistake. I always thought that, that was a big mistake that, that they basically didn't really have a succession plan. Um, I didn't want them to kind of make if, if they genuinely felt that they were going to get Rafa to stay, then I could totally understand why they left it until the last minute. But you know they weren't going to move. Rafa wasn't going to move. So. What was what the hell was going on there? And like you said, the big problem now is that you feel that Steve Bruce has come in. He's come in. Lee Charney said they're going to play expansive front foot football. They've got these players in. Um, it didn't feel like that today. They're possession wise, they've got they've got beaten in possession. And I know um, the manager said today that Brighton had it all in their own half and stuff. But you know, if you're going to try and set the tone, if you're going to try and get on the ball, which they should be able to. Problem is they've got nobody in the you know they're they're kind of missing Modi Army in a way aren't they really because they've not got anybody who can get hold of the ball. Sean Longstaff looks to me, he's I think he's a few weeks I think he's a few months away from being back to his normal stuff. He doesn't look right to me mentally and physically. He's quite obviously not hundred percent. So they're missing him, um, and you know they're relying on players who um, I don't think quite know what they're doing yet. Um, and and that's that's a big worry and, and and we said to them we said I mean how many times have we podcast saying don't let Rafa Benitez leave or, or if you do you have to have, you have to come up with something um, and they didn't do it they didn't listen they never listen they don't listen to us they think they can do their they think they can do it their own way and get and, and get and get ahead and get on with it and that's fine you know fine let's see let's see how it ends it might it might t- it might turn you know they they beat Spurs they might go to Leicester they might get something from Manchester United we don't know we're not. Same with the Oracle, but the problems that we're seeing are depressingly predictable. Fans knew they were coming. We knew they were coming. Um, and for all the talk of, pro- of progress, taking this club forward, you know, they spent a fair amount of money this summer and they don't look a whole lot better for it at the moment. And that's, that's the worry, you know. They don't capitalise on the, the advantages that they've got up here. Um, and you know, I, I, I'm stunned that they've not done anything. They've not tried to kind of move, move heaven and earth to get some of these fans back and get re-engage. They just they're not interested, are they? Well, they are. I think they are interested. Some people are interested, but they just feel like they can't win now. So um, they don't. They, they just think, well, you know, if those seven thousand people, we're not gonna, we're not gonna kind of infuriate them by doing anything that we feel that we can get them back, but. You know, it's 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 a big it's a big worry for me. It's a big worry because when you start losing fans at that rate, you know, it's the only thing this club's got going for it at the moment. They're not a European powerhouse anymore. 
you know, the team is okay by Premier League standards, but at the moment it's going to be a relegation battle every year. The, the thing that they had going for them in the last two, three years was the sense of unity that Rafa Benitez brought and a great coach. They haven't got the sense of unity and the verdict is still out on Steve Bruce, isn't it? Um, and, you know, you would have to say that they're missing both of those things at the moment. I think mean, it's, it's obviously an age-old cliche that the fans become the 12th man, but, I mean, Graham Potter in his pre-match quote and his post-match quotes has spoken about how he expects a, a hostile atmosphere at St James's Park, and he, he still even said today that it, it felt hostile, even though there was those dwindling numbers. I suppose it, it would have done when Carroll came on because it did give the crowd a yeah. boost, but... As you see, that's a massive concern because it, it is a bit of an equaliser when teams come to St James's Park. They expect this kind of raucous atmosphere. They expect to be going into the Lions' den. But when they turn up and they're not coming into that, they're going to give them a lift yeah. as well. Well, Everton last season um, was a great example, wasn't it, of, the, uh, of the, 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 the impact of the crowd. Liverpool last season, um, Man City. You know, that unity carried Newcastle from that terrible start um, it carried them through it because the crowd never turned. The away fans were brilliant. Um, you know, I think they still have been this season. Yeah. To be fair, they, they and they always are. They're, they're absolutely phenomenal at away games. They get great support. Um, but it, it's such an important thing. It's not easy. It's not easy to to conjure that up. I've been I've been covering Newcastle for twelve years, and during that time, there's been some times when the supporter base is totally fractured. Doesn't want to know the club. Doesn't isn't interested in, in what the club want to say. Whereas for the last two years, three years really, with Benitez here, it's been it's been unified um, through by one way or another. And, and it wasn't just about Rafa. It was about a sense of we're going somewhere here. So if they'd brought in somebody who would have reflected that, then I think they probably would have been able to keep it to some extent. But you know. They, they they didn't do that and um, they reverted to type in a lot of ways and you know they they they'll they'll reap the they'll reap the kind of um, kind of rewards of that and you know it's just such a it's such a sort of difficult position isn't it because until something changes somewhere along the line it's going to be like this isn't it and and you know I don't think they're going to change at the top you know it was a chance this summer for them to sort of change a little bit. And they didn't, um, but they might. They might find themselves forced to sort of making some sort of concessions to that, um, because the owner at the moment is kind of the architect of this because of the way that he's run the football club. So it just feel like chickens are coming home to roost a little bit for for the club. But you know, I feel desperately, desperately sad for the seven thousand people who aren't here because you know, they've had to turn their back on the football club that they love. They must. They must have loved it because they. They'd lost eleven. They'd hadn't won for eleven games last season, so it wasn't as if they were turning up because they were, you know, they, because Rafa was turning in great football. They were turning up because they believed in something, and they've that belief's gone in in the space of a few weeks in the summer, um, and uh, I think that's profoundly depressing, really, about Newcastle United. But um, but yeah, we we just hope there'll be more moments like there was in the last ten minutes when Andy Carroll came on, and you know, that's all you want as a football fan, as a football reporter, and. You know, as a as a as a player, I'm sure, but um, few and far between at the moment. So we'll try and end on a positive note then. After yeah. after all this negativity, and we are really clutching with straws there. But when Carol and Sam Maximan come on, and Kate, to be fair, yeah, they did make a difference. Oh, they did, yeah, yeah. And did. this was, as I said, to both the other lads. This was the first time you looked at the bench and thought, 
but at least they've got something here that can change the game and they did they gave the fans a lift they gave the team a lift they changed the way they were playing they were a lot more direct so Maximan was kind of attacking the byline and getting deliveries into the box and it was service that Joe Linton hasn't had but even the scraps that Carroll did have he looked threatening and I suppose that's positive going forward whether they start or they come off the bench there is that kind of extra attacking option now if they do stay fit yeah and fully fully fit that you know you've got Richie to come back um, Lejeune to come back Longstaff to come back um, and then you know a fully fit maximum some maximum and hopefully Carroll getting into getting into some kind of form as well and you look at that and you say that's actually not a bad Newcastle side you know it's it, there's a basis there for for them to kind of kick on they still need one or two extraditions but you sort of say that's quite an exciting team and if St Maximum I thought he was terrific when he came on and he's so he, he you know there's brave there's two types of different kinds of bravery in football isn't there and bravery to just keep running at teams was, was what was what he had but but yeah I think I think there is that that is a positive that is a positive you know that Newcastle did finish quite well um and and you know with St Maximum like I thought he was really good and Carroll is going to be that sort of battering ram he's you know he's going to he's going to lift the crowd as well I mean he, he's got I love the fact that the reception that he got was was one to remember you know yeah. if they'd have won the game we'd have been talking about a very different thing here and it, and it would have felt like a real moment to be there um, but as it was you can't ignore the fact of what happened in the previous sort of 60 70 minutes but but yeah I mean it's not like on the field everything's totally negative um, it's just the wider themes are, you know, are something that, that worries me. Knowing and having covered this club for such a long time, you can't ignore those wider themes because they do have an impact. Cheers for your thoughts, Mark, and thanks for joining us again, folks. We'll be back early in the week to give a bit more reaction to that performance and all the off-field issues that will be happening with Newcastle. I'm sure there'll be plenty, but yeah, join us again very soon, and we'll keep you updated on Chronicle Live. Thanks very much. Thank you.